Oh, man, it makes it so much easier because we talk over each other all the time. All the time. It's an issue. <laughs> um, well, no, it's but also... City? Hmm? <laughs> it's just that what I have to say is so much more important. <laughs> yes, and I'm a very petty man, and so it just doesn't go well together. Oh boy, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. I am Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, is my favorite antelope. Ooh, that's a weird one. Catherine Cogart. Hi, Tim. Good to be here. That's great. So, as all of you out there listening know, this is a very special podcast in that we have a number of different series that we run through, and this week... We're back to our, one of our favorites, Unique Instruments. Well, some people play the tuba, and some people play the flute. Some people play the guitar, and some people play the lute. But to wow the ladies and the gents, you need unique instruments. This specific week, we'll be talking about instruments in nature. You excited? cool so let's let's get going the thing about instruments in nature is well what the heck does that mean it could mean one of two things uh within our purview and uh one is a human built instrument played by nature so that would be something like wind chimes you know bob goes out he cuts something together nails it together because you can cut things together definitely um Magic scissors, they work in reverse, too. You just flip the switch. Uh, that would actually be a huge market. <laughs> okay, well, let's why, let's like, let's go design that. Anti-shredding? <laughs> Anti-shredding. Oh, yeah. Whoa. We'd be so rich. We would. We wouldn't but need to do this podcast. this podcast. Oh, we said the same <laughs> God, thing. I hate this podcast so much. <laughs> this definitely isn't a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I only do it for the paycheck. Got mouths to feed. Bob goes out and he nails some things together and then he goes and he puts it outside or something and the wind blows on it and it, it makes a sound. Or, uh, you know, the river burbles over it or something and it, make, it makes a specific sound. And so that's one. That's human-built instrument played by nature. The reverse can also work. That's a nature-built instrument played by humans. So, in the tradition of the Lord of the Flies... You could just take the conch. Let's just say you're, you know, with your school group and just on this deserted island and you need to somehow manage it. Well, you can't build anything. So you're going to need some sort of natural instrument that you can then play. Perfect for that. So we are going to, <clears throat> I'm sorry, let me do the hourglass thing. <clears throat> Our show today in two acts. Act one, human built instruments played by nature. And act two. Nature-built instruments played by humans. All that mark, stay with us. Ah, 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 ah,
Everybody's on you. And they samburu. Everybody's alright. Everybody's inside. Oh boy. Act one. Nature built instruments played by humans. That's uh and BIP for you uh, acronym uh, fans out there. Who doesn't love an acronym? Catherine, I understand you've brought us a uh, very specific, pretty cool case of, uh, what was it, Mbip? Um, nature-built inter- instruments played by humans. Yes, yes I have. Here before the, before the court. So, um, this is a really interesting way that we can use cave formations to make interesting music and sort of centralize the way that they already make noise. Um, just in one place, so it's easier for humans to manipulate. So it's called the Great Salak Pipe Organ, and it was designed and implemented by a Mr. Leland Sprinkles, which is maybe the best <laughs> name ever, right? It is. Yeah, no, I thought it was, when I first read read this, I thought it was Leland Sparks, but that's also a great, there's really no, if Leland, great start, and then it's something about, you get you get an SP and a K in the last name. Something, something that we think about every day. Sprocket. Sprocket. <laughs> Yeah, Leland Sprockets. He sounds like he runs a bicycle shop in a cartoon. <laughs> Leland Sprinkles sounds like he runs an ice cream shop. It's it's the village of Leland's. This is our new cartoon. <laughs> okay, great. Anyway, Mr. Sprinkles took a tour of Luray Cabins in 1954, and this was for his son's birthday. Um, he witnessed a performance on that fateful day that was actually really common in the Luray Cabins back in those days. So what would happen is performers would go and stand next to particular stagmites that they knew that when they hit them would make a particular sound. So each person would be like a note and kind of like in a bell group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they would hit it at the right time and that way they'd play like a song. And it was usually something like a folk song or something really traditional. It was probably like Lou Ray Caverns is in Western Virginia and then Appalachia, the Shenandoah yeah. Valley. So. If you're curious as to what this is called, it's called a lithophone performance. Um, anyway, there's a picture of that that's going to be on the uh, website that you guys can check out. But anyway, it's really cool. So this is this is where uh, these fo- it's everybody there. You got 20 people, and they're all standing next to a different stalagmite or stalactite. Yeah. Oh, I just looked up lithophone, and it's a musical instrument consisting of rock or rock pieces. It's very literal. Well, I imagine that some engineer thought, up, thought it up and they have the worst name-thinking mechanics. Is that a thing? Well, it oh. is now. <laughs> well, you're an engineer and you don't really have good name-thinking mechanics. So, so, so Mr. Sprinkles, he, uh, he saw these people doing their lithophone performance, these 20 folks standing around the stalactites and mites. Pipes? Stalactpipes? That's not a thing. The stalactpipe. Oh. It's called the Great Stalactpipe Organ. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, <laughs> so so he thought. Well, why do we have to have everybody do this? You could play really complicated stuff instead of lame Appalachian folk music. <laughs> Leland Sprinkles hates folk music. I want that on a bumper sticker for some reason. <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he thought. Well, I bet we could sort of plug this all together into. An instrument instrument, right? Right, yeah. Why not? So, he uh, it took him three years to do this. And the stalactites and stalagmites um, 
are connected to the organ, and each note corresponds to one organ, which um, it's called one like, note. Wait, one note. Wait, no. each note corresponds to one stalactite or stalagmite. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so what happens is you hit the note, and it instead of hitting a rubber mallet within like the organ or the piano, like is what like, and that's what would usually happen. Um, you would have like a rubber mallet hit a stalactite or stalagmite. And it took him three years to find all the right stalactites and stalagmites. That it's over three and a half acres. And what would happen is he would hit one, say, oh, that's an F sharp, but I need an F. And so he would file it down and file it down and file it down until it was an F. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Do you think this guy, like, was this guy just super rich or, like, didn't he have a job? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, he gave a real gift to the world, though. Maybe that's uh, why it took him three years. He was oh, yeah, because he was going in on evenings and weekends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Easy to work in a cave, too. You lose track of time. It doesn't matter if it's night. That's true. It's a cave. That's yeah. true. Um, the really cool thing about this is that even though it's just distributed over three and a half acres, it can be heard from anywhere in the cabin without a loudspeaker, and that's a 64-acre area. So that's pretty crazy if you think about it. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, but um, the downside of this whole thing is that the high humidity means that we need constant upkeep of all the instruments. The rubber mallets get destroyed, the solenoids get destroyed, everything just sort of goes to crap after a couple of years. Are the Do you know if the stalactites and mites are, do they change over time? Um, I, okay, so a stalactite or stalagmite grows like a centimeter in like a hundred years or something ridiculous like that. Huh. So I don't think it would be a huge deal i mean do you think what would be really cool is do you think um all the slag mites and tights are there's gotta be a better all the formations are growing at the same rate so that the key of the organ is changing even though it's still like with in tune to itself oh that would be cool cool. but i bet i I totally would depend on the formation right i i have no idea that would be cool I'm not a biospeleologist or whatever it's called. <laughs> Biomusicologist? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, what would happen, though, if, if it was to change key, you know, if A didn't equal uh, 440 hertz or something anymore, it would be a problem because you wouldn't be able to play along with it because mm-hmm. it would be off key from, say, a saxophone. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of saxophones. Whew, alley-oop. <laughs> That was beautiful. Yeah. Speaking of saxophones being played in concert with this particular instrument, um, Mr. Rogers and his friend, the bo- the blind saxophonist, visited Lurie. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's a blind saxophonist. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, and they went together to visit Lurie Cavern, Cavern, and he plays "It's a Beautiful Day" with his saxophonist friend. And the tour guide that's showing them around the cavern sings along. And it's really sweet. It's so cute. <laughs> um, and it's really funny because the blind saxophonist keeps referencing that he's blind. Does he? <laughs> like, it's Mr. unnecessary, man. It's such a Mr. Rogers thing, though. And my friend, the blind saxophonist, is going to be coming by later. That's why we like him so much. Yeah. Um. Because of this unfortunate high humidity problem, uh, it broke down pretty pretty soon after this Mr. Rogers visit and 
wasn't restored until 2011, um, but it was restored specifically for Paul Maelstrom from a group called Pepe Deluxe, which is Scandinavian electronica. Go figure. <laughs> and um, it was the first original composition that was ever recorded on the organ. Do we have a, a sample of that? Yeah, we do. And it sounds like this. opinion it's sort of myth but you know it's cool because it's on a cave organ this is the beauty this is actually sort of the thing i think with a lot of these instruments we're talking about even maybe even the whole unique instruments series is you get a real advantage in that your music doesn't have to be that great because it's played in a special way mm -hmm. it's so true speaking of i think i think uh our next uh our second part of this act of uh, uh nature built instruments played by humans I think his music actually, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a certain kind of music, it's but I, I like really it. really good. Um, we're going to talk about uh, awesome. Diego Stocco. Uh, what do you think? That's Stocco? Stocco? I don't know. Yeah. Um, S-T-O-C-C. -C. <laughs> it's only radio. <laughs> Let's just spell everything from now on. People love that. This guy's uh, pretty cool. I mean, I just found him by flipping around looking for unique instruments as as I do in, because I work in, in the podcasting business. Um, yeah, and business in quotes. in quotes. We can put podcast in quotes, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, but this guy, Diego Stocco, is a, a sound artist, and he specializes in building his own unique instruments. He's a dream for us. Uh, he's probably his most famous credit right now is uh, he's actually featured and he played some of the uh, major parts of the soundtrack for Assassin's Creed Revelations. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! Because when I was listening to a sample of his music, I'm like, mm -hmm. "This is video game right? music." So he, what he did for that was he, uh, and we're, we're, this is what's going on behind us right now, um, is he sort of took a giant bass, like a, a stand-up bass, and he attached like a cello to the side right. of it. And what? Then, yeah, right. Um, so it had like multiple necks, and then he just went and he layered his own playing on different parts, and it's not just. You know, he's playing with it with a bow at one point, but then other parts he's just like got a fork and he's flicking it. And yeah, it's up and down. Pretty cool. What? He's just hitting the strings with things. Yeah. That's awesome. So then he takes this concept and he moves it into natural ideas. And we're going to listen to three, three of his pieces. The first is called Music from Sand, which, you know, pretty, pretty self explanatory. So he gets some sand. It's nice. It really is. And. He puts just he, he takes uh, makes all these different recordings of sand in various ways that sand can make sound. So he's got it in a bowl and sort of swishing it around, mm -hmm. and then he's got it in a glass and he's shaking the glass. And then there's even recordings of him just like hitting the sand on a beach, just going woof. And um, so essentially, what he does in all of these cases is he gets some uh, piezoelectric contactors, which piezoelectric materials. Um, translate mechanical movement into electric movement or vice versa. So right. in this case, the sand right. is bending the material, which sends an electric signal into his mixing board. And then, yeah, and so it acts like a microphone. 
I mean, I mean this is what the technology and microphones okay. too they just respond to uh, vibrations in the air instead of in inside of sand right. you know and so uh, we're gonna post all right. these videos but you can see um, if you watch the video you can see he just sort of dips the material in and swirls it around that's how he gets those whoosh sounds that you can hear going on and then he's sort of shaking right. things so he, he's got this ethereal back noise plus like this kind of ch -ch 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 building it and then I really like the way that he builds the basin which is he's literally on a beach and he's got these microphones attached to his fingers and he's just banging on the sand And so what the, I got a uh, quote from him in an interview with CoolHunting.com, which I'd never heard of before, but they have an interview with him. Um, he says, you can hear in the background of this piece that this the bass doesn't sound like just a wump. It sounds, I mean, there's a tone. And so he says, <clears throat> my quote voice, objects or materials can have sounds hidden under layers of noise, like music from sand. After various experiments, I found several ways to shape sounds out of things that apparently seem not that interesting. And so by hitting this and then sort of, he, he plays with it a little electronically, just with his editing software, but he's able to get some cool noises. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, a second piece that Diego Stoker did was the one that originally drew my eye was um, music from a tree. So he's got this tree out back. And he starts off... Also has poor naming techniques. Yes. Oh, man. Sound artists and engineers. Nothing. <laughs> so he's got this trio back, and he starts by... He's just got all these different microphones he's going to layer. He starts just by... He's knocking on the tree. Mm -hmm. And then he starts hitting a branch right. with some leaves on it, so he gets a rustling sound. Then he, right. He's got some bass. Yeah, he layers in. He just starts hitting the okay. trunk, like the deeper part of it. Getting right. his rhythm going. It's a little like stomp at mm -hmm. this point. And then he's got, he, he gets like a little guitar pick and he starts flicking. Flicking like little bits of branches that are sticking out and, you know, little twigs and things. I thought that was just a leaf that he was doing that with, not a guitar oh, pick. maybe it is. I'm not really sure. Because it's bright green. Bright green guitar kick exists. I don't know. Well, so then he starts to intensify. Uh, he he's actually gets like a bow, like a, you know, a, a, you, that you would play with a violin or something, and he starts playing it on different branches. So little twigs stick right. out, and if you play the bow on them, you can actually get them to vibrate like a string. And if they're really small, right. they make like a squeaky noise, and if they're much bigger, they kind of go, vroom, 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 you know? It's really cool, and it builds into, like, a real piece. It doesn't sound like like he's just hitting a tree, you know? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know that. Like, it was when I was listening to this piece that I was like, this sounds like some sort of video game. <laughs> like, I'd be hanging out in the jungle <laughs> or something. Yeah! Like a Crash Bandicoot or something. kind of everything he brings everything together bigger bigger bigger
last piece I want to talk about was just, he did the exact same thing, maybe he got good response from the music from a tree, and he did music from a bonsai, which is exactly the same, just on a much, much smaller tree. Because the notes are way higher. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say he has, like, the most adorable little tiny bow. Yeah. He's just so cute. Well, so that's exactly the thing about everything he's doing there, which, so... He is. He takes all these noises and he plays with them uh, with his editing equipment. He sort of stretches and uh, moves the waveforms around. He doesn't add anything. It's still, you know, every raw piece of raw data is generated from just hitting something in nature. Right. But it's a little cheating. But the little tiny bow. You look. Oh my god, it's so adorable when he's <laughs> playing this tiny tree and he's just very delicately <laughs> touching it in the different places. <laughs> it's totally worth. He gets. He gets a pass in my book. Oh, absolutely. And he's just, like, lightly, like, tapping the top of the tree. So cute. Yeah. Playing a little leaf. <laughs> Very nice. So the three pieces from Diego Stoko, and he has a lot more. Uh, and you can check him out on Facebook. He's uh, listed there as a band. Diego oh, Stoko. S-T-O-C-C-O. We highly recommend him. He's really cool. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back and right on track in a moment. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. It's the Doom to Fail podcast, and we are back with Act 2 of our special episode. They're all special. Um, instruments in Nature. And in Act 2, we're going to be talking about human-built instruments played by nature, or Habibip. <laughs> um, so the first human-built instrument played by nature we have is the Weather Harp. And the Weather Harp is actually a really simple piece. It was commissioned by the city of Melbourne, Australia. And it was designed by David Murphy and his good friend Cameron Robbins back in 2003. And it looks Do you know how good of friends they really are? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for keeping Go me on. honest, Tim. <laughs> um, anyhow, but I assume they have to be okay friends. I, I guess. Either they're out of there at each other's throats. They're always, you know, you get working together. Love, hey, I, You know, we're going to work this out in career mediation, so. <laughs> um, anyhow, so the harp is this really simple design. Where it's just this egg shape, and it has nine strings that are radiating out from kind of the bottom center of it. So you know how an egg has like a skinny part and a big part? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. radiating the out. The focal of... point. I believe ovals have focal points, right? Right. So it's ra radiating out of the, the big circle's focal point of the egg. All these nine strings. Um, so it has 42 notes altogether, but I would say maybe only 10 of them get played because. The way it's organized, so there's wind cups, right, that are blown. And as the wind cups are blown, like... Good use of passive voice. Thank you. I'm a really passive person. There are wind cups that are blown. Well, this is what makes it played by nature. <laughs> so wind blows these wind cups around and round. And as the wind is blowing the wind cups, it's sort of... Kind of like in a music box where it's just playing the same thing over and over again. So that's what's sort of the driving force of the music box mechanism. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the wind cups that just powers an arm that moves in sort of a circular motion and hits the same notes over and over again. Exactly, exactly. But the actual bow on the wind harp is powered by a balance arm, which is which either passersby can pull on, or um, the wind can blow as well. So it's very cool, and I'm, I thought it sounded pretty annoying personally. I thought it was actually kind of relaxing. Like, yeah. for a song that just gets played over and over again, it's not that bad. I suppose so, on sort of a warm, uh, warm Australian day. Yeah. As you walk by it. Yeah. You know, the dog days of January, and... Yeah. But I guess, I mean, you're not the only person who thought it was, deco- who thought it was annoying, because it was decommissioned. So if you really like it, you can buy it. I, yeah, I, I well, maybe. It could be a good gift. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's actually the exact opposite of a stocking stuffer. It's expensive and wouldn't fit in a stocking. <laughs> um, yes. Good thing it won't be near Christmas when we air this. So. I mean, you don't just have a stocking out all the time that people can put gifts in? I don't because I used to get a lot of really gross stuff in there. Oh, like gum and stuff? Yeah, used condoms, yeah. Ew. Mm. Wait, was this real? Nope. <laughs> This is Thank a lie. <laughs> no, you have me worried for a second. I was like, uh, college. I don't know. That could happen. <laughs> don't trust those people. I do not trust them. There is a, another really cool, as we continue our, our trip around the world to see all of the various uh, uh, nature-built... No, the other way around. Human-built... As we continue our trip all the way around the world to see all of the human-built instruments played by nature... Uh, we move further west now to Croatia. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Zadar, Croatia. Or is it Zadar? I would go Zadar. Zadar. But, yeah, I don't know. But it was unveiled in 2005, this particular instrument we're talking about, designed by Nikola Basic. Uh, it's called a sea organ, and it sounds a lot like this. It's so cool. Like, so, you just imagine being on the, you know, you're just hanging out in Croatia. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just looks like some marble steps going into the sea. And the whole point of making these beautiful marble steps go into the sea is that before this sea organ was here, it was just like this war-torn, really, really old shoreline that has, was completely just destroyed since, like, the Second World War. Yeah, I mean, that was a nasty area for, for fighting in Absolutely. general, really. I mean... In the 20th century. Yeah. So it was this totally battered shoreline, so they decided to pick things up a bit and uh, put together the sea organ. So the top steps have little rectangular holes coming out the base, but underneath all of these steps, there's um, a, a system of polyethylene tubes and a resonating cavity. And at, what happens is as waves are crashing against the shore in the steps, um, it's hitting the pipes below, and the notes are played, and sound comes out of the top. So, yeah, you get this really relaxing noise coming out. It's really cool. And I love the imagery of these white marble steps going into the sea. Yeah. There's something, I don't know, it's, um, um what is it? Romantic? <laughs> well, sort of, but there's like a whole, uh, um, like I almost want to say existentialness to it, but that sounds awfully negative. <laughs> um, that's just because you hate existentialism 
Yes. Oh, I really hate the stranger. I did not like that. Um, no, but you, you, you got these steps and they sort of, you know, go off into this, you know, endless sea and there's this sort of, uh, yeah, sort of like pure music playing behind it, sort of at semi-random. Yeah. It does seem like it has to stand for something. Yeah. And there's no, because there's, because it's all just played by nature, it goes on forever. It's not like. It's not like a, a standard song with, you know, introduction, mm-hmm. you know, building a theme, and then you end it out. It's That's just... true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever the world feels like playing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, there it is. It's the marble steps, the sort of uh, um, symbol of order and uh, human-built things descending into the... Oh, man, this is really going somewhere. Uh, descending <laughs> into the... <laughs> vast endless uh teeming pool of life that is the ocean and then the ocean is sending uh is, is playing appropriate music for that yeah it's beautiful. Huh. that's the very best i could do but um to wreck yeah. that beautiful metaphor you built for us um at night the music is accompanied by these solar powered lights so it's like this circle of lights that just sort of spin around and they're teal and purple and blue and they just make these beautiful spinning patterns that are also fairly random but and it kind of looks like waves um so what happens radio what and perfect for radio perfect for radio but it's very (laughs) beautiful there'll be a picture or rather a video on the blog and what happens check it out it's so cool it is cool are you being sarcastic i just keep interrupting no i'm not no it's so cool it is cool (laughs) i promise um but yeah and what happens is these lights get charged during the day so that they can run all night So that's a uh, uh, lovely sea organ. Yeah. So that's in Zadar. Zad, God damn it. So that's in Zadar, Croatia, and uh, I guess we're gonna have to continue our circumnavigation of the globe back to our home base here in the general western third of the United States. Join us next week, Catherine. Do you have any idea what's next on the schedule? Next week, we'll be starting our third rotation through our series, and so we'll be back on Ancient Robots. Specifically, we'll be talking about Alexander of Huron, an entertainer and a skilled roboticist. Ooh, great teaser. Great teaser. So look for that next week on the Doom to Fail podcast, and we'll see you real soon. Bye. 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 This week's episode of the Doom to Fail podcast was accompanied by our musical guest, the Juanitos. Discover more episodes of the Doom to Fail podcast at doomtofailpodcast.blogspot.com or email us at doomtofailpodcast at gmail.com. If you really like the show, feel free to subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, give us a review or rating. (laughs) 